1: slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
2: the Bengals are 10 and 4 but injuries are starting to pile up a little bit on the defensive side of the ball Sam Hubbard added to the list we'll get into his injury and other notes on the defense in addition to some other thoughts as the Bengals beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in today's episode
3: you are locked on Bengals your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day.
2: What up Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the On Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, join the first listen club. And if you're new to the show, make sure you stick around because we have you covered every day of the week with film takeaways, with game previews. We're going to have a crossover coming up this week to prepare for the New England Patriots game with the host of Lockdown Patriots. So we've got it all here on Lockdown Bengals. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on an app store on your Google device or iPhone. Our listeners will get a 100% free boost for their franchise using promo code ON in all caps in the game store. James, we're going to start today with Sam Hubbard joining Trey Hendrickson, joining Cam Taylor-Britt, joining Mike Hilton, joining Trey Hendrickson, I already said Trey Hendrickson, uh, Chidobe Abouzie as players injured on the Cincinnati Bengals defense right now. And the picture could be rosy for some of those defensive backs as they're at least optimistic they'll play later this week. We'll see. But Sam Hubbard now expected to miss at least some time, the timeline, indeterminate with a calf injury that was aggravated on Sunday against Tampa Bay. And you hope Trey Hendrickson can get back soon is my first reaction to this. You hope that that wrist isn't too bad, that it's healing as they hoped it would, that it might be only a a two week absence for him or that he can find a way to to play with a club if he needs to, not that I want him to rush back by any means, but losing both of your starting defensive ends, And those guys are both really important to this defense far from ideal overall, but coming up with a game against the Patriots, who you talk about the Bucks offense, struggling the the Patriots might have the worst offense in the NFL right now. And that could be a debate could be uh, a worse time for this to happen, I guess, given the immediate upcoming opponent, but certainly not good news on Sam Hubbard's calf. No, it sucks
0: it sucks because he was having a career year. Let's let's take all the team stuff out of it. Sam Hubbard was having the best year of his career. Led the uh, the Bengals and sacks going into this week's game still does, but le- led them going into the the game against Tampa. And they really needed him with Hendrickson out. Mm-hmm. And now he's out. And so look, Lou is the man. But at some point it, it's too much to find a way to get pressure and they didn't get nearly the pressure they, they've they averaged against the Buccaneers. And you're right. The Patriots, okay. Well, let's just forget about the Patriots for a second. And I'm not downplaying this matchup because I think it's going to be a really tough game on Saturday. But forget about them for a second. What are we talking about now in Cincinnati? What are we talking about on lockdown Bengals? We're talking about a one seed, right? We're right. talking about first-round buy, much different AFC North titles. And to do that, you're going to have to win out. Uh, t- to accomplish all of those goals. And not having Hubbard, that's a huge loss. Not having Trey Hendrickson makes it that much tougher. We don't know about Trey. I would be surprised if he plays on Saturday. All along, I've said, and you get that extra couple of days going from a Saturday night to a Monday night uh, against the the Buffalo Bills in Week 17. So maybe that's the, the, the play. That's the plan is to maybe get him back for that. But as far as Hubbard, I'd be pretty surprised – and, and maybe it happens. Maybe he comes back for Baltimore. I'd be pretty surprised if we see him at all for the rest of the regular season. I think this is a – just knowing this coaching staff, knowing how they're going to go about it, maybe you see him against the Ravens. But I, I think that we're going to see him in, in either round one, the wild card round, or the divisional round depending on how things wind up over the next three weeks. Uh, that will be the next time we see Sam Hubbard. My prediction, not saying I'm reporting that. I'm just – that's the unfortunate – circumstance in my opinion about the situation
2: and and it looked like he knew right away right like he he signals to the sideline as soon as that play ends tries to jog off the field a little bit ends up limping off the field a little bit I I think he knew that whatever was going on with that calf in the middle of the week that he tried to play through he showed up on the injury report last week uh whatever it was you know not not a great result and well it know, got worse you, right you can just hope and for the best yeah
0: and, and, and so uh, let, I, let me ask you and you could you could talk more during our, our film review with sands about this how the heck are they going to get pressure
2: well th- that that was something that stood out to me when you said that is they actually I feel got more pressure after Hubbard left the game and this isn't because of Sam Hubbard it's because they they got a little bit creative with it right? The the Trey Flowers interception, for example, and I don't remember the, if this is after Sam Hubbard left the game or not, because uh, I haven't rewatched the game yet. I'm going to right. Sam after Hubbard got episode. injured
0: in the, the the second quarter. Okay. So, yes. So so, yeah. so so all of the good stuff on defense, and again, this doesn't have to do, but all of the good stuff on defense happened after he exited. There's not a correlation there, no. just to be clear. <laughs>
2: but second That's half team, it happened.
0: Well Sweet Lou found a way to to get things done and and, and make those adjustments. So keep going.
2: Yeah, so they, they end up changing the picture more on Brady in the second half, I think, and doing it in a way that breaks some tendencies. They figured out what the Bucs wanted to do in this game. And you know, there's some drop eight stuff. That that's what produced the interception for Trey Flowers. There were more twists. That's what uh, with Logan Wilson coming around the edge on like a linebacker twist. And it wasn't a true blitz. I think they dropped the guy out on the other side. So it was still a four man pressure, but uh, Logan Wilson comes from like middle linebacker ends up looping all the way around outside the tackle pushes Brady up into the pocket. He gets the sack and then DJ reader coming up the middle also gets in there to knock the ball out. DJ reader also had a really good game as a pass rusher. I thought and that turned up in the second half, really collapsing the interior of the pocket, which as we discussed is something that Brady doesn't like to deal with. So um those are some things that stood out. We'll get into it more, like you said, when we when we break it down more of a sands tomorrow. But I, I was pretty impressed with the defense in the second half. We'll get into the second half defense splits and stuff because I, I just went and looked it up today because I was curious. But this team consistently, just from an eye test perspective, has gone into the locker room. In some games where you're not necessarily feeling great at halftime, this is the most recent example where you're thinking, man, they really need to stop. They haven't really been able to get a stop so far, but they really need to stop right now. And then they come out and suddenly it's like a three now or they get a turnover. And and then, then things start going much better for them in the second half. And we saw that in this game as well, the adaptation in the second half. And, and what was really impressive about it to me is what I said leading into this game, which was, Brady's seen it all, man. How are you going to fool a guy that's been playing quarterback in the NFL for 25 years or however long he's been in the NFL at this point at the I highest agree. level?
0: Yeah,
2: And yeah. he actually did it. Like the interception is Brady getting fooled, which is, is incredible. Talking about the flowers, the flowers. The Flowers flowers interception. One. Yeah, yeah sorry. I agreed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he thought – I've seen Brady make that throw a ton, and it, very rarely is that the,
2: and, the result. And early in the game, Brady's awareness of who's in coverage in space because he's thrown into tight windows with confidence. Like he's throwing seeds into tight windows in the Mm -hmm. Bengals zone in the first half when it looked like vintage Brady, right? And that was Brady being aware like, oh, that's the defensive end that dropped into that zone. He's not going to be able to break on this ball. I know that I have this throw. The other guy's too far away. And here he's expecting a zero look because they're showing. We'll talk about it tomorrow with Mike I'm sure he's tweeted about it so you could go just look at his timeline but the Bengals are showing that birds on a picket fence in the secondary they're flat from corner safety safety corner which is a pretty good indicator that you have a zero blitz coming and they drop out of it seamlessly into drop it and and Brady doesn't feel Trey Flowers where he drops and uh, it's just impressive stuff for Luana Rumo continuing to add to a, an impressive season and an impressive resume.
0: Yeah, I want to dive into a little bit more on Luan Aruma, share some thoughts on him, and then we'll get to some of those stats that you mentioned. Jake, the stat master, we'll do that next right here on Locked on Bengals.
2: Today's episode, like we mentioned, brought to you by Ultimate Football GM, a new partner that we're excited to tell you about. It's a mobile game that lets you take managing a football franchise into your own hands. You can manage every strategic aspect For your team, I've played around with it. You get to go through the draft. You get to develop your facilities. You get to decide how you want to invest in developing your staff, whether it's your scouting department or your coaches or just finding ways to finagle the trade machine to put your team in the best position. It's a challenging and realistic game where you got multiple difficulties to play with, and it's completely free, playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Bengals listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise using promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. That's promo code Locked On in all caps. It won't work in lowercase, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, you can visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the App Store. That's ultimate-gm.com or just get it on your phone like I did. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today.
0: Today's show also brought to you by Tarot. Tarot is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace with Taro. And it's T-U-R-O, but it is pronounced Taro. You can book any car you want, wherever you want, from a community of local hosts. Whether you're in Canada like Jake, I met some uh, Canadian Bengals fans over the weekend. Shout out to them, or... Maybe you're cruising from Tampa Bay all the way up to Cincinnati or anywhere for the holidays. Well, Tarot's got you covered. Economy cars, A to B cars, electric vehicles that you're trying to try. Maybe you want one of these super awesome, classy, fast sports cars. Well, Tarot's got it all for you. So don't delay. Use Tarot. And most Tarot hosts deliver right to you. So forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Tarot. That's T-U-R-O dot com.
2: Stats, Is stats next? No, heck, no! Screw your stats. All right, um, not yet. What? What? No, not yet.
0: Not yet. Here's the thing, and people hate when I say that, but I'm going to say it anyways. The <laughs> carrot keeps moving. The carrot keeps moving for this Bengals team, and that's exactly what all of the the great teams have have had and have used his motivation, and I'm not – the Bengals didn't finish the job last year, and I get all of that, and I know how the season ended. But for Luana Rumo, like, this is a new challenge now. It's not, oh, oh we just got to prepare for the Patriots. Well, now you have to find a way to, to play really good defense without another piece. And that's the interesting thing about it for me because – He's done it with Hendrickson. He's done it with Cheeto. He's done it without those guys at times. He's done it without Hubbard at times. Now, what about all of them? And it's, uh, it's, and and who knows? Does Mike Hilton come back? It feels like he's going to. Cam Taylor Britt told Kelsey that he's going to. I, we'll see. All right. We'll see with Cam. It's a short week. We'll see. But that's the thing I'm interested in now. Look, I know Lou's great. We don't, we don't gotta, now it's how great and how 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 deep is this defense you know can can they use Alan george uh, a lot against the patriots and and feel comfortable with that can they use joseph osai on the edge and jeff gunter and and get pressure the way they're they're hoping to with cam sample 2 of course i don't know what will he just have to get more creative can he form this mad scientist Lou defense that next step and so one The ultimate carrot is getting that one seed, and so the Bengals are still chasing that. But two, it's one, I wouldn't want to have to be making these game plans if I'm Luana Rumo because it's a nightmare, but he's really good at it. And I think he's got a pretty good shot at dialing something up at least this week to get you to that Bills game. That's the key. That Bills showdown, it was circled back when the schedule came out. Mm -hmm. We know all about it, but you got to get there first. And that means beating New England – On the road, Christmas Eve, Bill Belichick. I know they didn't look great at the end of that Raiders game, but it's still the Patriots. It's still on the road. It's going to be a tough one.
2: Playing in Foxborough, never easy. And New England does have a very good defense. They have a pretty good running game. In general, their offense, not so good. But one of the better defenses in the NFL, we'll get into that a little bit more. One of the answers without Trey Hendrickson, without Sam Hubbard, was putting B.J. Hill on the edge mm-hmm. in base packages. We'll see if that continues. I, I assume that it will on I on
0: think BJ Hill, B- Hill is a fairly tough defensive end.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no. I it's it's a joke. I know. Obviously. But Just, somebody's gonna clip that. You're gonna get in good. trouble. I, whatever. I'll give him a big hug in the box. <laughs> it's all right. BJ Hill's been playing really well lately. He has been, by he, the way. he got off to a slow start.
0: And then whatever, maybe a reader coming back. I don't know. He's been playing better.
2: It, it actually, yeah. Reader's return definitely helped. Uh, definitely helped. I mean, it helps everybody. And, and that's a big reason that you can build the, the defense kind of around inside out, which maybe isn't the way you always want to do it in a modern passing NFL. But for this week anyway, having DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Jermaine Pratt playing at a career level, having a career year, prompting some out there, including tomorrow's film guest, Mike Santagata, to say that he is the best linebacker on the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll have Mike defend that take tomorrow or talk about that take. Uh, But Logan Wilson also playing well this season. Von Bell continues to be reliable. I think Jesse Bates had another good game in general. And uh, get Mike Hilton back next week if he's ready to go. That's a big piece in run defense too. Like that does matter. Obviously, losing Sam Hubbard, one of the best run defending defensive run defending defensive ends in the league, mm-hmm. is going to hurt you. But time and time again, I feel like we've seen Lou come up with answers, shorthanded, on the fly, uh, and, and it's just such a well coached unit. They're so adaptable that it feels like you know it might not be perfect, but they'll find a way to get by. And, and the thing that stands
0: out to me and just listening i went back and obviously monday was a travel day for me so went back and listened to all of the locker room interviews read through the transcripts had some downtime had a layover. and the thing that stood out of all the defensive players that they were when they were talking was how tight they are yeah and when you're tight like that and you meet adversity you don't panic or point fingers and that's really important because past bengals teams i'm telling you right now you don't think that 2015 team pointed fingers or 05, the, the moment chaos ensued. There, there were finger. Everybody had eight hands and fingers were being pointed. And I just, I don't get that vibe from this team at all. No. Right? Eli Apple might talk a lot of crap, but he's their brother. And so the future is now, old man. He can drop that line because he's gonna do everything else the right way behind closed doors. And, and they love him for it, right? BJ Hill can talk a little bit. But he's also uh, going to make sure – he praised Cam Sample and Joseph Osai and said those, those guys are, are starters in this league last week. He said that last week. Mm-hmm. And then they went out and, and made a difference. And that, that part of it does matter when you're trying to get, especially a young defense, a defense that might be shorthanded and is going to be shorthanded, to buy into th- these different adjustments on the fly when everything seems to be going wrong, especially on the road against what many – considered the greatest quarterback of all time.
2: Yeah, they're confident individually in each other and having that confidence and trust in each other, that tightness you talked about. And, and I tweeted this today. Coincidentally, I was just thinking about it. I was just having a lunchtime thought as I was shoveling the snow following and falling outside in an uncharacteristic snowy winter for me up here it's is, is trite and it's really hard to quantify and compare to other locker rooms, but the character and the bond in this Bengals locker room is, is top tier. Mm-hmm. Like some of the best that I've ever seen in my years of following the Bengals, if not the best that I've ever seen in my years of following the Bengals. And I, I can't compare it to other teams cause I don't follow them as closely, but it seems to be, special. And it's hard to know how much that really translates to the field. Right. And it's hard to do that when you're losing anyway, but hard to imagine that that doesn't have some impact. And I know it's soft and mushy. And and like I said, you can't put a number on it, but it does feel that way.
0: Think about all of the things. All right, let's go there. Jermaine Pratt, right? Mike Sands, favorite linebacker on the planet. Fine. (laughs) Not knocking Mike. That's cool. His tweet after the Browns game. Right, which was clearly about playing time and playing mm-hmm. on third down. And people tried to dress. that. No, no, no. It's about his contract, and it was about that. Of course it was. He's in a contract year. He wants to play on third downs because he wants to get paid. Get it. That would become a thing in a lot of locker rooms. Mm-hmm. Jesse Bates, all of the stuff there, that would become a thing. It wasn't. It was a thing for us. It was a thing for a lot of people. Nobody in that locker room questioned anything, and they just stayed tight. That's tough to do. And, and this Bengals team has done it. This defense has done it. And so that's the one thing I can guarantee you, Jake, is that they're going to be tight, regardless of who's out there and, and how long 94 is out and how long 91 is out. Hopefully, it's uh, sooner rather than later that both of those guys are back. Up next, let's get to your stats, Jake. Let's get to those stats because we didn't get to them yet. And uh, also, we got to talk a little bit about that Giovanni Bernard discussion. But today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy. And I hope, I hope by now you've listened to to Lockdown Bengals. You've heard us talk about prize picks and you've got in on the action because there's no other fantasy and you're probably eliminated in a lot of leagues because, well, chaos has ensued in fantasy football this year, but that doesn't impact daily fantasy with prize picks. And all you do with prize picks is you pick two to five players and if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projections, there's no competing against other people. It's you versus the projections and you can earn up to 10 times your money Boom, by going more or less. It's that simple. And it's a lot of fun. I've done it and you should too. So download the Price Picks app. And by the way, it's quick, it takes like 60 seconds to make your entries. And if you want to put more time into it, of course you can do that. But download the Prize Picks app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up today to play daily fantasy sports. Use promo code LOCKED ON and you're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, promo code LOCKED ON in the Price Picks app or pricepicks.com. Gets you up to $100. If you deposit $100, you will get a bonus 100 So do it now. PricePix.com or the PricePix app, promo code Locked On. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if
2: you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, James, some quick stats on the defense. Second half defense. Second half team. 17-3 at halftime. The Bengals go on a tear and it's a blowout by the end of the game. Like I was done stressing about the game early in the fourth quarter. We're halfway through the game. We're thinking about, oh, man, we're going to have to go talk about them blowing a game. And it felt bad. Second half defense in particular, these splits, I looked, are not very pronounced on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, At least not, not as pronounced. In the second half, the Cincinnati Bengals defense has given up 11 touchdowns. That's second in the NFL to the Denver Broncos. And how many of those touchdowns were garbage time touchdowns? three against the Carolina Panthers, one last night, one against the Steelers, one against the Browns, maybe six of them. Garbage time touchdowns, and that's going to count for other teams as well. But the Broncos, the only team better at preventing second-half touchdowns, has not been in situations this year where they're giving up garbage time touchdowns. So stands to reason the Bengals, not statistically, but you can make an argument there that they're the best at preventing second-half touchdowns on defense in the NFL. In terms of yards per play. 4.97 4.97 yards per play allowed in the second half, which ranks sixth in the NFL this year. They're giving up just 3.8 yards per carry in the run game, which is fourth in the NFL, 6.1 yards per attempt in the passing game, which is 12th in the NFL, a quarterback rating of just 75.8, which is third in the NFL, and just 110 first downs. Again, probably a lot of this is garbage time, probably also for the yards per attempt, fifth in the NFL. Compare that to the first half where they're second in the NFL and. In- Touchdown prevention in the second half, they're 12th in the first half. Where they're sixth in yards per play in the second half, they're 24th in the first half. Where they're fourth best at preventing yards per run in the second half, 19th in the first half, 12th on yards per attempt in the second half, 20th in the first half. QB rating goes from 75.8 in the second half to 87.7, which is 13th best in the NFL in the first half. And they're giving up first downs. Uh, 21st in the NFL with 129 in the first half versus 110 in the second half were their fifth best. So the the stark difference, and you would love it if they got off to these fast starts and they were just dominant for an entire game. That's hard to do, right? But mm-hmm. the the difference coming out of the locker room for this defense is 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 just incredible. That yeah. is. Jekyll and Hyde stuff that's night and day (laughs) stuff man that that's tale of two cities to go back to yesterday whatever you want to say about it that's remarkable those splits
0: and you just hope they can keep it up because if you do that with Joe Burrow who seems to figure things out as things go as well and it's sort of the same way you, you can handle anybody and and you can be in line with with anyone which I think a lot of our listeners would would say uh, have anything else on the defense before I uh, talk about our, our good buddy Giovanni Bernard. Uh,
2: the last one is just a quick note on the advanced stats on the defense in terms of EPA per play in the second half. While it's not garbage time, meaning the the game is in the balance. Our, our friend John Shearing sent me this one in a reply to the tweet. They're third best in EPA per play. Mm-hmm. So if none of those traditional stats do it for you, third best in EPA per play allowed in the second half when it's not garbage time. So uh, really good stuff from Lou Rumo, The ability to adapt on the fly after all the Marvin years, especially has to be very, very welcome for Bengals fans, right? And so you're right. You hope that they can keep it up and it helps them to close out games. It also helps when your offense is really good at closing down games and get a lead to the fourth quarter with this team. So far, you should rightly be very confident that they will finish the game. That's all I got.
0: This coaching staff has has certainly just grown and grown and grown, mm-hmm. gotten better and better. And Lou Anarumo's mm-hmm. as good of an example of that as anybody. Obviously, Zach Taylor would not, would not even
2: their first choice, as as was pointed out. Not even their first choice of defensive coordinator. First, he was like eighth.
0: I'm I not know. even kidding. Like and, it wasn't and, even and second or third or fifth. Like I'm serious. It was like, and, are they ever going to hire a defensive coordinator? Like that was a thing. I wasn't I wasn't here then, but I followed it. Of course. Why oh, yeah. wouldn't I? And that was that was the talk,
2: and and this is the guy that was the scapegoat. the after Joe Burrow's rookie year, well, if they're going to move on from coordinator, it's probably going to be Lou. We were having those discussions, and then, boom,
0: came together. Turnaround came together. Big gross. no doubt about it. Hey, six twenty five and one in the first two years, they've won six straight. So what a a role reversal. Uh, one of the guys that was in town for the six twenty five and one was. Giovanni Bernard and obviously Gio, you know, what 30 37th overall pick I believe in the 2013 NFL draft, played for the Bengals for a long time, was a great player for a long time. There's this video going viral with the Tampa media and Gio and wanting him to talk and everybody's talking about it and just figured I would talk about it for a second and just give you my approach because there's a lot of people saying a lot of things and I get it. First things first. Naturally, they wanted to talk to Giovanni Bernard no doubt. They should. I would want to talk to Giovanni Bernard. It was a big play in the game. Was it the biggest play, like they said in that video? No, it wasn't. One of the four Brady turnovers was was it was a bigger play. That led to a field goal. They were still up 17-6. I don't think it was the biggest play, but it was a a certainly a, a swinging, um, a momentum swinger, for mm-hmm. sure, in, in, a, in a big moment. That said, the reason, and Jake, there are times I go in the locker room, and I know I put out a lot of content right? Video. And I, I do a lot, but there are times I go in the locker room and I don't get anything. I don't have any video because I'm just talking to guys. And why do you talk to guys? Well, one, I want them to know that I'm human and that I'm not some just, I, I'm not a, some jerk on a podcast or on a video that just talks trash about them when they're bad and praises them when they're good. Yeah, that's part of the job and that comes with it. And I that's part of what we have to do. But I also want them to know that all right, well, I'm not just being a jerk to be a jerk when I do have to be, and vice versa. And so I try to to show that side of me. The other thing is, is you want to get to know them and build a relationship with them. So when they screw up like really bad, which I don't even know if Geo screwed up, it, it, it that might have been a the the bucks. We're just weren't on the same page and have a communication. error. I don't know. Maybe he did. He said he did. So let's just say it. when they screw up and you want to talk to them for that one minute to get the quote. And it sucks for everybody because you don't want to see the guys you cover completely do that. And again, I don't think it was as big of a, a big of a, a moment in the game as, as was said in that video. But you want them to be like, all right, I got you. Let's do it real quick. Let's knock it out. All right. All right, Gio, I'll see you Tuesday or I'll see you Wednesday or I'll see you tomorrow. Whatever it is. That's what you want. Do, Do I have that with everybody in the Bengals locker room? No. But I like to think I'd have it with a decent amount of the guys. And you certainly then don't want to have to argue to get the guy to talk. And so, one, expecting them to talk, I get it. Two, man, Gio's a veteran. He's easy to talk to and building that relationship so when that does happen when there is a fumble when there is something that goes wrong you can be like hey man what what happened and and so that's my approach because no one wants to talk about that that Mm -hmm. sucks that sucks for everybody hey hey jake how was it uh, blowing that cold open that you did and we had to re-record it four times and the one time James, would would you think about uh, putting that up on YouTube for everyone to see with audio issues or whatever the case is, right? If we fail at something and we have to answer questions about it, it would be annoying too. Um, so that's that's my approach. Um, I get that some of the reporters are getting scorched on on social media, and you know I, I'm not necessarily going to dive into that. But my approach would be, if you have that relationship, then you don't have to push like that, which. If you have to push like that, anyways, you're not going to get anything worth using. So don't. But if yep. you have a relationship, you don't have to. You don't have to go to that wavelength. You don't have to go there ever with anybody, because they're going to be like, "All right, I know you have a job to do," and, and and so I'll talk about it. That that would that's usually how I would uh not usually. That's how I approach it. And if they don't talk, they don't talk. Uh, you know, I'll write it about it. I'll talk about it anyway.
2: I'm not sure how many people are going to hear this part of the episode at this point. How deep we are into it. I I appreciate your perspective there. I think you're very reasonable in that approach. I don't disagree with anything you said. I just wanted to add on to that. There's often times when fans are frustrated that like the questions are softballs. Why didn't you ask the hard questions? Yeah. And this is what happens when you ask questions that people don't want to answer. You're not going to get answers. You're, you're not. And so a lot of times when I see those complaints, I get it. I get that frustration. I was there as a fan, especially when I was younger, especially before I started doing this podcast. Right. But There's a way to ask questions. There's a way to talk to people. You got to remember that these people are human, that they don't owe you anything, that they don't have to answer your questions. They might have to appear, but they can say whatever they want to, right? Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um, There's a way to ask questions. There's a way to build these relationships. There's a way to go about it. And uh, it just comes to mind when you talk about building these relationships, not getting the answer you want, that, you know, uh, that's it. That's it. it Off the, the reason, lines.
0: No, and the reason I mentioned that part is because it's like, oh, well, he was hurt. Well, all right. That's fine. And I get it. And I haven't talked mm-hmm. to every injured Bengal. I'm not – like I haven't talked to Brandon Wilson this year. It's actually irked me that I haven't. He's been around. He's still around on injured reserve. He's not going to play this year. It's irked me that I have not talked to him yet. So on the to do to-do list, spoiler. But if you had built that <laughs> – Right. By talking to the injured guys going through rehab, and some, sometimes if you're injured, you're not even there during media time. So who knows? But that's why you build the relationship. So if you haven't talked to them in a while, they're still willing to talk or want to talk, or maybe not. And maybe he would have had more perspective and talked on Monday versus Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you don't force it. Yeah, you know because that, you know Shane Graham historically there, there was the the time after the '09 playoff loss he did not talk he bolted. Well, that sucks. He should have talked, right? Randy Bullock, give him all the credit in the world. He's talked uh, after, you know, the calf gate and all those things. That's tough to do. Mm -hmm. But no one wants to ask you, you know, just grill you. They want to get the right answers. But when you, especially when you have a video like that, it makes reporters look bad. And I think there's a happy medium and a a work balance along with personal balance that you can do to try to build those relationships so when – crap hits the fan, you can still get legitimate answers about mm-hmm. serious things because everyone has a job to do and and even though it, it might be uncomfortable at times. So, I, I don't know. M- maybe that helped, maybe that didn't, but I figured we should uh, end on that for our listeners because I'm sure a lot of them saw the Geo video and and reacted to it on social, and so this way they they at least get our
2: thoughts. I think we can all agree that it could have been done differently. It, anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Tomorrow, we're going to get into the film. We're going to have Mike at Bengals underscore Sands Santaga, and I going through the film takeaways. What changed in the second half? We'll get into the defense, I'm sure, a bit more. We'll talk about Joe Burrow's up and down day as well as we do on our film takeaway episodes. So until then, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. day, and have a good one.